Is your safety department to blame for high driver turnover? In this episode of Driven Too Far, I'll show you why the old school approach is pushing drivers out and the new safety culture is what we need. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Have you ever wondered why drivers avoid the safety department in your company? Well, today we're going to look at that and see if we can't figure that out. I think a lot of us came up through the ranks over the years in trucking. Maybe a lot of us started as drivers. Uh, when you think about your current safety director, uh, was he or she maybe a former driver, somebody that did a really good job as a driver, had an impeccable safety rating, no accidents, no tickets, did a really good job. And at some point, there was an opening in the office for, for a safety role. And the leadership team or maybe the owner of the company says, boy, I bet Joe would be a great uh, safety director. He just he has a, a great safety record over the years, never been in an accident, millions of miles accident-free. Uh, that would certainly make him and qualify him as a, a great safety leader. Let's bring him in the office. One of the struggles with that idea, while Joe was a fantastic driver, uh, doesn't necessarily mean he has all the pertinent people skills needed to be successful in, a, in safety and build safety programs. Old school type safety programs are very reactive in nature, meaning you don't hear a lot from the safety department unless something bad has happened. You get a message. Uh, via text or in the mobile comm system in the truck and it says see safety and that's all the information you get well if you're working for a company that has one of those old school reactive type safety approaches that stuff makes you nervous right you you start to fill with anxiety it's like oh man what did i do now i i, I want to probably avoid that if i can all of a sudden the driver uh, just starts coming into the terminal after hours or through the weekend or stuff and they do everything they can to, to avoid that conversation with safety because they know from their time working there that nothing ever good comes out of a meeting with safety. Something's wrong, something's happened, what did I do? And I'm really nervous. Maybe your company's idea of an adequate safety program is simply just assigning you quarterly online video training. Or if they're really old school, maybe it's uh, stapled copies of multiple choice questions thrown in your driver mailbox for you to complete by the end of the month or end of the quarter. Those are really attempts by the insurance companies to make sure that, that the carrier has some kind of ongoing training program with their drivers. And they're really, they're really a poor attempt at it, what it is. I can't believe people are still, still doing things like that, but I know it exists. The safety leader in these organizations themselves, like I said, maybe they came up through the organization, were a fantastic driver. Uh, they might lack some of the people skills needed, but they also tend to believe that their job or their role in the safety world is to uh, be the safety cop, if you will. They're really there about compliance and their way of getting you to be compliant as a driver is to kind of carry a big stick um, they do it, they manage by fear, 
They manage uh, by bringing you in, writing you up, and only letting you know when things are wrong or are incorrect. And they, they are expecting 100% compliance out of all their drivers. And if you're not doing it right, by gosh, we're going to get it right. And if you can't do it right, if you can't figure this out, then you're, you're going to go down the road. And you're not going to be part of this company. So there's never really an attempt there to work with the driver on the safety issues that, that may be there or the safety programs. There's not a lot of vision that exists in the program, and there's certainly a big lack of communication from the safety group to the drivers about, hey, where are we going with this? What is it we want to accomplish as a team? They don't talk about incidents and accidents. They don't use them as learning uh, examples for the whole fleet so we can do our best not to repeat those things again in the future. This type of safety program is really what we call a, a controlled type program where that's what they're after. They're after the compliance, the control, and they feel like everything's black and white. There's no gray in this area and either you are or you're not compliant and that's what it takes. Now let's take a look at a more modern approach to a uh, proactive safety program. And this is one where uh, they really favor education, training, established communications and vision through the company. So in other words, if you work for one of these companies, you already know what the goals of the safety department is. Maybe it's uh, maybe they talk about accident frequency, they set goals every year. They probably have regular safety meetings uh, on a monthly basis. I even know some bigger companies uh, that have safety meetings every every Friday, every week and they serve breakfast. Um, they may not call them safety meetings, they may have different titles for them, but it, at the end of the day, it's roundtable discussions and it's about bringing your team together to have conversations, whether it be about operations, maintenance, or safety. As a driver, I think there's two numbers you should be aware of within your company. The first is the accident frequency ratio, and that's a measure of how many accidents is your fleet having on an annual basis. And what happens is they take the number of DOT recordable accidents and they divide it by the, the miles traveled for the fleet. And it comes out as a ratio or a decimal, uh, say 0.25 accidents for every 1 million miles traveled. So I think that's something you should be aware of. Hopefully your fleet and your safety uh, department is sharing those kind of things with you. Uh, that's part of setting goals and safety to consistently reduce accident frequency. The other one is a CSA scores. Uh, I'm sure you're aware that you as an individual driver have CSA scores. And if you ever get pulled over, pulled through a scale, uh, inspected on the roadside, something like that, it can certainly affect your personal CSA scores. But we also have a CSA score as a company as a whole. And that's a consolidation of all the drivers that are currently working within that fleet. When you do get those roadside inspections, good or bad, uh, that reflects on our numbers as a company. So you should be aware of the CSA score for the fleet. And if you're in, a, in the process of applying to a new carrier, that would be a really good question to ask the recruiter, where are your CSA scores at? Because what that impacts is when you're out on the road and you're going through the way stations, uh, that DOT officer, he knows, um, he runs your DOT number in the system, and then they know whether or not they should pull you in based on your company's history of violations. 
So if you've, you're working for a company that has a bad reputation and safety, maybe they've got a lot of maintenance issues on the trucks and they don't maintain them correctly, uh, there's a really good chance you're going to get pulled in and around back at the scale for a DOT inspection. If you work for a clean company, they'll know that as well. And there's a really good chance you're going to get the bypass and you can, can go about your business for the day. So important number to ask is where do the CSA scores stand for our company? Every incident is an opportunity to learn. In my fleet, we were probably a little bit late adapter to some of the, the new safety technology. And specifically, I'm talking about the dash cameras. Uh, we've had them just a little over a year now. And they're fantastic. And we knew the value of them. We were just slow to adopt. But when you have regular safety meetings and you have that kind of data where you're constantly getting uh, snapshots and little video snippets of incidents and accidents and close calls and those things, those are all teachable moments. So it may have happened to one driver in your fleet, but as your safety director, are they taking that and are they using that as a teaching moment for the entire fleet? So we can take the one incident and we, we can all learn from it. Along with that, we want to make sure that we're also taking the good things that we capture in the video as well. So it's not all negative stuff. Sure, we're going to share the times where we, we got tangled up with something or didn't do something right or had a close call. But we're also going to highlight the times when we have drivers that make an evasive mover or do things right. We want to share that as well with the rest of the team during the safety events and safety posts and meetings. The best proactive safety programs are constantly investing in safety and technology as well. And along with the cameras, I, I think back uh, about three years ago now when I took over this current company, they were not investing in some of the safety equipment that was available on the trucks. And I'm specifically talking about uh, the collision mitigation systems, uh, the automatic braking, um, the warnings when you have uh, somebody in your blind spot type things. And you know, we went through a process. We spec'd a group of new trucks with these things, and we had some drivers in the fleet at the time that they pushed back on that stuff. They they weren't interested in that, and you know, oh, I'm I've never had an accident, and uh, I don't need this stuff on a truck, and I'm not going to put up with that. And uh, ironically, it, it usually ends up being those guys that probably need it the most. It's like the ego has gotten the way that they think nothing is ever going to happen to them out on the road just because they haven't had anything recently. But uh, what I want you to understand from a company's point of view is you can't afford not to spec new trucks with this type of safety technology and equipment. So when I'm thinking about the front end and the radar and the automatic braking system, it's a relatively cheap uh, spec on the truck. And I'm talking maybe a couple thousand bucks is all that it, it takes to add that to each truck. Uh, when you think about getting in an incident or a collision or a crash, um, I'm thinking about the plaintiff's attorney on the other side. So we got tangled up with the car, may or may not have been our fault, but the plaintiff's attorney's looking at us going, so let me get this straight. You order brand new trucks every year and you did not spec it with this safety technology that could have prevented this crash or at least minimized the severity of the crash. And it only cost $2,000 a truck. 
And you don't want to be in that position as a carrier because you just made the check quite a bit bigger that you're going to end up writing to that plaintiff to settle this thing out of court. So anyways, that's the, the thought behind that. I know drivers don't always get exposed to that uh, of how you know the the ownership and the safety team thinks about those things but you really can't afford these days uh, with the litigation going on to not have that equipment on the truck to help to protect you and to help make your drivers uh, better drivers than they already are i think the good mark of any leader whether it's in the safety department or anywhere else in the company is always learn to listen twice as much as we speak. And I think you'll find that in good safety programs, um, in good companies. At the end of the day, uh, I know a lot of stuff about trucking. I've, I've, I drove for a little while, I've been in your shoes, but that's been a lot of years ago and a lot of things have happened in, in 30 years. Uh, but I also know that you know a lot of things too. and. I can learn as much from you as you can learn from me. And if we can create an environment uh, for our company in which everybody accepts that and we start to learn together, we're going to be much further ahead. Everybody has a lot of information in their brain. And if we can pull that out of each other and figure out to use it in a way to make our company better and safer, that's absolutely what we want to do together. The best programs also build a culture of trust. Uh, so I think a lot of trust really comes down to transparency, and that's that's us um, being very transparent about the safety programs that we have, where we're going, what we're doing. So it's about sharing the vision with things. Uh, what are we going to accomplish this year with our safety program? You know that uh, safety is always evolving. It never stops. Uh, we're never going to stop the training and the coaching and the teaching side of it. Uh, and likewise, you're, you're never going to stop learning those things, too, again, because it's always evolving. So now that you know and kind of understand maybe the, the two different approaches that we typically see in the industry where the one's very reactive and old school, and typically the safety leader carries around a big hammer, and that's how he gets safety done, uh, versus probably the new thoughts um, on safety and one that's very open and trust and uh, transparent type thing. Uh, which kind of company would you like to work for in the future? Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe now so you never miss a future episode of Driven Too Far, The Truth About Trucking.